and welcome to the Stop Shitting All Over Yourself podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Konecki, and I created this podcast because I want you to feel excited about running a business. I want you to feel joyful about your business, and I don't want you to feel like you're always having to rush through whatever it is that you're doing now so that you can get to whatever it is that you need to do next because you feel like you should be doing something else or what you're doing now may not be wrong or may not be the right thing or you don't have enough time. The truth of the matter is, I'm a, I'm a business coach, I've been coaching for many, many years now, and the truth of the matter is is that um, we don't need to be rushing that much, and a lot of the things that we have inherently as women internalized and believe that we need to do for business are things that we actually don't need to do. So I started this podcast so that I could help to um, uh, debunk some of these myths around business ownership, especially business ownership for women, women with chronic illnesses. Um, those are those are key, those are critical, or, not, or neurodivergent uh, women. Uh, people like us, we're different. We're different and we have a different uh, framework and we have a different uh, way in which we view the world and we want to run our businesses the way we want to run them, not the way other people say we should run them. And so uh, this podcast was designed to help you figure out what you can get rid of and what you may want to keep so that you can design the business of your dream. Now today we're going to talk about a topic that is really, really close to my heart, which is making best friends, becoming best friends with your inner self. Now the reason why this is so important for me is because I, in the beginning, when I first started my relationship with myself, like actively, like consciously, I didn't know what kind of an impact it was going to have on me. And I didn't actually understand what kind of an impact it was already having on my business. I just did it because I was tired of feeling bad. Um, it's only now that I can see that through the practices that I've had over the last few years that I've really developed I've created a business partner. I've created a friend. I've created a relationship with someone who is incredibly important to me and who is always around. And that's the other person inside my head. Um, not all of us start out that way with a good relationship with the voice inside our head. So I want to talk a little bit about why my voice talked the way it did, where it came from, and like sort of forgive my younger self a little bit and sort of walk you through the process that I went through with my therapist and then the things that I did on my own so that um, you might be able to follow along as well and apply some of these things in your life. Um, I work with uh, many, many people in the social strategy squad on this and we've been working on this continuously for a long time. Um, and a lot of them are in, and a lot of you are, are, are here as well, a lot of them are in some process of getting to know um, themselves a little bit better. But this is an ongoing process and we will drift. So coming back to this podcast will be helpful if you ever find yourself slipping back into the space where you're not being as kind to yourself as you may be able to be. So I want to first share with you that I have ADHD. And uh, when I was in school, I failed all my grades. So I failed seventh, all my grades. I have all my po uh, report cards. And for the longest time in my memory, I thought I had done well in English and that I failed everything else. But then when I went and got my report cards, it literally, I failed everything. I was doing so poorly in every, every single class. And, um, the nuns, they, this was, this was back in Pakistan. So the nuns had rulers and they would smack you. It was not a fun time. Uh, and on top of that, I lived in a culture where, um, you know, the kind, the class, my classmates and the way in which we were sort of pitted, uh, pitted, not against each other, but pitted was who's going to be first, who's going to get the highest grades. And, um, I remember that they would stand everybody up and then like, you know, you'd, you'd come up and get the, like, and they'd give out the papers in the highest grade to the lowest grade. So, and I, my grades are always the lowest. So I was always standing the longest and I was always so embarrassed. And I was so glad when they stopped doing that. Like they did that up until I was in like eighth or ninth grade. I failed seventh grade. So I did really, really poorly. Every single one of my report cards said, Manessa would be so, would be do so well in school if only she applied herself. I every single report card said that I have it tattooed to my eyelids. Um, 
I almost failed high school. It wasn't until I went to college that things really started to change for me in terms of schooling. Um, and it was only in the last couple of years that I realized that I had ADHD and I was able to look back on my life differently. Because when I look back on my life as a child and I was in school and I was doing so poorly, one of the things I, I, I remember is they'd be like, Manessa, you'd be so smart if you don't, you'd be so capable if only you'd apply yourself, right? And what I didn't want to tell them and I didn't have the words for, but I know now is I was applying myself. Like I was working really hard. Like I would study, I would try, but nothing like it just didn't work. Right. And, um, for me, what that translated into as a kid is they think I'm not applying myself and that's why I'm not doing well. What if they knew I was really applying myself and I'm actually just dumb, right? Like I'm just actually stupid. Right. So when I was that age, that's how I internalized that information. I'm stupid because I am applying myself and I'm not doing well. Okay. So I'm constantly looking externally for people to tell me that I'm not dumb. Right. So my whole life, I am like, I'm just like, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. I really felt like I had to prove myself that I was not stupid. And it wasn't even that I had to prove to like, like I wasn't trying to prove that I was all that. I just wanted to be not stupid, right? Like that's the level that I was, I just didn't want to be on the, like the worst creature on the planet. Right. So, um, so I, as I grew older, the teachers left the voices, you know, the people who were actually there, the voices left, whatever, but my internal voice came with me. Okay. And my internal voice kept with that. They'll find out that you're not really that smart. They'll find out that you are applying yourself and you are working hard, but that you just don't have what it takes, right? They're going to figure these things out. So this was the voice that was in my head for many, many, many years. And so um, it prevented me from trying out for new things. It prevented me from seizing some opportunities that may have um, uh, made a difference in my life. It, it, it definitely caused me to lose several friends groups because I would get to a point where, um, and for all I know, I'm on this on my this is all definitely on my personal profile. So some of those friends groups, people may even be watching where I would lose some friends group because I would get to a point where I would be like, if they get to know me any more than this, they'll figure out that I'm not. So like I, if I only knew people for like a couple of years, then they wouldn't get to know me long enough to realize what a loser I was and how I didn't know anything. Right. So I, I lost a lot of friends because I didn't want to be around them because I didn't want them to find out. I, I liked them so much. I didn't want them to lose respect for me. Right. So this manifested itself in many, many ways growing up. It's very lonely. It's very scary. It's very, you know, it's just generally unpleasant. So the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because your life may not look exactly the same as mine, but some of these stories may ring true in terms of relationships, in terms of how you felt, in terms of the mean, uh, the mean voice that you, that you hear in your head, things like that. Okay. So, um, I always historically up until about five years ago would, you know, when that voice would come and be like, you know, you're stupid, whatever. I would just be like, shut up, go away. I don't need this. But you know, I'd just be really, you know, draw the line harshly, get out of here. I don't need to hear this voice. I am a good person. You know, like really just, you know, I am like reaffirming. I am good. I am smart. I am these things, right? Like really meeting the aggression with aggression. Um, but I can't remember exactly how it played out before I was cutting the onions, but I remember cutting the onions. And I was um, in my kitchen in my old house and I was sitting and I was cutting onions for something. And I wasn't even really thinking about anything um, related to business or work or whatever. My mind was kind of just wandering and it went somewhere. 
And my voice comes in and starts with her bullshit. You know, like, yeah, no, that's never going to work for you. You're not. And it was pretty aggressive this time. Like, she was, like, super aggressive. And um, in that moment, I had an epiphany. Because uh, I was about to go get lost, go away, do my standard thing. And I thought to myself, you know, when was the last time that someone came up to me, like, a, a, forget about the voice, just a person would come up to me and... Like, be like, you're an asshole. You suck. Get out of here. You don't know anything. Right? How would I respond to that? Not well. Right? Not well. I would either respond with aggression. I would respond with defensiveness. I would respond with anger. Um, there's a lot of different things, but none of them would be, like, love or consideration. I just respond with equal or greater force to, like, boom, right? Go back. And it made me realize that this inner voice had been coming at me that way all along. And as long as I went back to her with that same level of violence, then she was going to come back at me with that same level of violence. And that we were, it was just going to escalate. Years ago, I watched one of my employees, she was working with an investigator and I watched her work with this investigator. Like they were outside of my office and they were talking to each other and the investigator her voice started getting much, much higher. And then the, the RA's voice started getting much higher. And then the investigator's voice started getting much higher. And then, right? And so, like, they're all, they're getting, oh, they're really going to 11, right? So when it's all over, I invited my uh, employee back into the office. And I said, listen, I was like, when someone goes, keeps going higher and higher, if you go higher and higher to match them, then everybody's just going to keep going higher and higher, right? And we're just going to keep getting more and more in that space, whatever that space is. But... If you, as the research administrator, remain calm and keep your measure where you want it to be, then they have no choice but to come back down to meet you, right? So now if they're yelling at you and you're like, oh my God, that's, I understand that's, that, that, you know what, how can I help you, right? Now, like the response that they're going to give you is not going to be another yelling. It's going to actually be down a little bit because they're going to come down to meet you. The same thing is true with your voice, right? Your inner voice. If you respond to your inner voice with anger and rage and rejection, then she is going to respond with equal ferocity. So in that moment, while I'm cutting onions, she's coming at me and I did something I've never done before, but I've been doing a lot since then. I said, are you okay? How are you feeling right now? And there's silence. And I could feel myself feeling something different inside. And it was almost like a huge shift happened. And I really consciously separated the two people. Me, conscious, talking to you right now. And then me, back here, that you guys don't get to hear. She's just here, right? And I said it again. I said, what can I do? How are you feeling? And she just fell apart inside. And she said, you haven't taken care of me in such a long time. I'm so lonely. And you're not here for me. And we don't talk. I don't feel like I matter to you at all. And it made me realize, I did not expect to cry. It made me realize that I had been mistreating myself so badly that my inner voice was simply responding to the abuse I was giving her, the neglect, the lack of care. And she was responding with that same voice. 
because she just didn't know how to get attention. And this is how she knew how to get attention because it worked every time, right? And so I, I said, I'm sorry, you know, and I started to really ask myself, what do you need? How can I help you? And the truth of the matter is you don't need very much, right? You need to eat so that you're taking care of yourself. But more than just that, you also need to just look inside yourself and treat yourself with care, right? How are you? How are you doing? And I'm asking you that right now. How are you? How are you doing? Can you ask your internal self how she's doing, right? Like ask her, how is she doing? Spend some time with her. And that means meditation. That could mean sleeping. It could mean sitting in the morning in silence while you're drinking your coffee. But it could also mean something um, in the moment, you know? So like, because a lot of these things require time. You're sitting down and you're meditating. You're like, that's 20 minutes out of your day, 15 minutes out of your day. I recommend downloading the Headspace app. It's a really good app for this. Um, but not everybody has that time. I am a big believer that if you don't think you have the time to meditate, then you need twice the amount of time to meditate because you're clearly, you're missing the point of meditation, which is, by the way, I say the same thing to myself all the time because I'm like, oh, I don't have time to meditate today. And I was like, Manessa, if you say you don't have time to meditate, that means you need to meditate twice as much because that's going to make you more focused and more at peace and at ease and you'll get more done. But it's, that's a really tough thing to like sort of swallow. I'm going to stop for 20 minutes so that I can make, do more with the time that I have. I don't know. Right. Like that's something that does work, but it's tough in terms of your cognitive dissonance that it creates. Um, giving, taking a walk, right. Doing something for yourself that you enjoy. If it's crocheting, crocheting, knitting, drawing, playing with your dog, but doing something that truly brings you joy. Not, you know, and, and especially if it's something that you would usually say to yourself, I don't have the time right? I don't have the time. You are literally saying to yourself, I don't have the time for you. You are not a priority for me. You, you, you're not a priority for me. Think about that for a minute. When you are not a priority for yourself, how can yourself show up for you? Because you're not investing in yourself. Why would yourself show up for you? Right? So for me, that was like a big epiphany and aha moment, you know, and uh, we, it took, you know, I talked about it with my therapist and, you know, um, there were a couple of other things that, um, that, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, other of my spaces that, that I work in. But for me, what I would recommend is, is first just pause every so often and ask yourself how you're doing, you know, really just think quiet. How are you doing? Give yourself that space. Think about something that gives you joy whether it's reading or drawing, something not business related. Like I know there's like, oh my God, I love my business so much. It gives me joy. I think that's great. Do something different, right? I get it. I think I love my business too. Do something different, right? Something else, something in a hobby, something that's outside, something that's not a computer, something that's not related to selling, something that is simply for the, the soul that is in this body. You're doing it only for that, the soul and the body that's here. That's it. You're just doing it for this. That's it. That will make a huge difference. Now, why is that important? you know, in terms of your business. And we can talk more, uh, uh, after this podcast, you know, when we do the Q and a, um, about this. So for those of you that are listening later on, we have a live conversation that goes on after the podcast on Wednesdays at 10 AM Eastern. Um, but what happens is this, 
when you start spending more time with yourself, because that's the first thing you do is you spend more time yourself, you pay more attention, you just, and simply just don't be harsh with yourself, right? So like, if you're about to be like, shut up, voice, shut up, voice, don't say shut up, right? Instead, maybe just give her a hug, right? Like be more gentle and kind with yourself. Now, what happens when you do that is that the defensive edge that exists within you all the time, that is that person that's in there, that voice, it starts to kind of like bleed away a little bit. Okay. And because you're investing time in here, in here starts to move, starts to help you more with the things that you want done. Because what's happening is, is that now you're clearing away a lot of that emotional clutter that's creating a barrier between your mind brain connection, your mind body connection, right? Your soul, mind body. And if you're an empath like me or a highly sensitive person, you know that this connection between your soul, spirit, gut, and your brain and your, your subconscious and your conscious is very, very important. And you may not know how much control you have over it. Having these conversations with yourself allows that two-way dialogue to begin, right? And, ha and be, because right now it's just a one-way dialogue where both people are yelling at each other. Now, again, like I said, many people who are in the squad are probably watching right now and you are probably on different varying stages of the journey of getting to know yourself. Some of you have got a good relationship. Some of you are just starting out. Some of you are looking for tips or tricks. Some of you are feeling lonely and just don't know how to begin that relationship. And that's why this particular podcast is good because it will just get you started in that space. And again, it's not... It's not rocket science. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. It's really just taking, being mindful, slowing down and taking the moment to um, be that huggy person for yourself, right? And if you feel your inside self being injured, you know, turn inward and say, oh my goodness, are you okay, right? Like be that best friend and really think of that person as another entity. It's super helpful when you set, when you, when you really take the, the action of separating the entities and just having two yous. It makes the language easier, it makes the conversations easier, and it makes the discussions that you have not with your, only with yourself, but with other people easier because it's easier to articulate what's actually happening. There's this voice and then there's this voice versus like, you know, calling her your mean girl because she's not your mean girl by that point. By that point, she's become your friend. Over time, what happens then is, and this is very powerful because that person is in your subconscious and she does a lot of work for you, like so much work for you. Right now, all the work she's doing for you is in, you know, I mean, she's doing a lot of really good work, but she's also doing a lot of really negative and harmful work that comes from reinforcing some of the beliefs that we have about ourselves that we undo with this work. But once that she's not doing that, then her, she now has free time. And so she starts to then, while you're sleeping and in your subconscious, really start to work through connecting your business, your business dots and your strategy dots and your visionary dots. And now you start to feel more confident in your business so that when there's something that you want to do or you want to try, you don't feel like you need to go outside of yourself to validate, right? Because here is where the, the, the big, big issue comes from for many of us is that if you feel like you're stupid, right? Like we talked about earlier, then that means that you don't know how to run a business, which means someone else has to tell you because you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself to know what to do next because you're dumb. You know that because if you were smart, you would have, when you applied yourself, you would have gotten those grades, right? That's the thing. So obviously, obvs, you're not smart, right? So now we believe that. So that means that in order for me to be successful with that belief, I have to find someone else to one, tell me what to do, and two, tell me if I did it right, and three, tell me that I'm not stupid and tell me that I did a good job and that it's not my fault that it's not working. And then four, tell me what to do next, right? So every single thing I just said is very outward focused, but more than that, it means that if I find a dingbat coach 
who gives me all the bad advice and I just put all of my hopes and dreams in them, I've just now put myself in a position where I'm going to feel terrible because that coach doesn't know anything. So after like a year there of feeling terrible and horrible, I go to find another coach, find another coach. That person also doesn't know what they're doing. That person tells me try this, this, and this. Yep. Find another coach. She knows what she's doing. She, she just runs a successful business. She says, I do these 16 things. You need to do these 16 things. So now you've already done stuff from the other two coaches. But like, all right, let's add these 16 things on. So now you've added 16 things on that she's given you and it's still not working. But now you're like breaking under the weight of all the things you need to do. But you lack trust in yourself to let any of it go because all these coaches have told you you need to do this. And so now you're doing the things that all the coaches told you to do, some of which is probably good for you, some of probably which isn't. And I can tell you right now, 50-50 is usually how it ends up. 50% is crap, 50% is good. Um, and then of the remaining 50% that's good, we've got to figure out which is good for you, which is now you got to get rid of a whole other set of things. So you're getting rid of like a lot of stuff in your business. But if you don't trust yourself, then you won't trust what you can get rid of, which means you have to keep everything. Because any one of those things could be what destroys your business. And if you get rid of the one wrong thing, you're screwed. And because we established earlier that you don't know what you're doing, right? You can't make that decision. So now, now it's not that you can't, by the way. It's just that these are the stories we tell ourselves, right? That mindset that we bring with us from childhood is why we struggle so much in business today. Because we have these workflows in our brain already set up. And we're just like, oh, okay, just slide right in. There's only one way to get out of that workflow and that is to acknowledge that it's there, acknowledge how it is damaging you because it's making you feel like you need to do more. It's not making you feel like you are enough because one of the most important things that this damage has done to us is it's made us feel like in order for us to be of value, we have to do something, not simply be, right? So Vanessa would be so good if only she applied herself. Oh, that means I have to do something to be accepted, to be cool, to belong. The community will reject me if I don't have this because that's exactly how it was told to me that this is important. You've got to be with the community. You've got to be smart. And as a child, you don't really, I mean, as an adult, I'm like, oh, so what? Middle school, you know, grades, whatever. You're fine. But as a child, that's not how you process it, right? As a child, this is your community withholding comfort, withholding validation, withholding recognition, withholding love, withholding whatever it is, right? So, um, that is where um, that is where this inner mean girl voice and these problems from our childhood and all of these things come together to form one big knot of a problem, right? We're trying to solve the problem in a hundred different ways, and I've tried it for years in therapy and in many many other ways, and I'm t and the way that those ways have not worked for me, and they haven't worked for a lot of people because we focus so much on the mean girl aspect and on other things, we're not actually just focusing on the one thing that we really need to be looking at, which is the actions that we take after therapy, right? Continue. Therapy is a critical part of this conversation. You cannot get through it without therapy. However, there's a secondary component of therapy, which is the actual operationalization of the things that you learn in therapy. And the oper operationalization is really, what do you do afterwards? What do you do when you get home? What do you do during the day? What are some of the practices that you um, implement? And one of those practices is this that I'm sharing with you today. So what I want to leave you with today on this podcast is I want you to be kinder to yourself. Just when you have that moment where you hear that voice, I want you to hear my voice saying, are you okay? And I want you to ask yourself that question and start a dialogue. If you are able at this point, find some time to meditate, um, download the Headspace app, do something for yourself that you love, feed your soul. Feed your soul with something that brings you joy, right? Doing things like that, show care for the person that's inside and show that you're prioritizing that person's needs and you're prioritizing yourself. 
And then that person will return the favor and will then act as a catalyst to give you more results in your business, more results in your life. The joy that you will find will be unparalleled when you start to prioritize your own joy. And even more than that is the results that you get that you're trying so hard to get now by chasing in your business and like psychotically holding on to things and adding new stuff. You will get those results simply by pulling back and being kind to yourself. The solution is not what we thought. The solution is something different. And this is, this is the beginning of that solution. I want to thank you so much for joining me for the Stop Shooting All Over Yourself podcast today. This is a very, very meaningful podcast to me because the relationship I built with myself is one of the most important things that I've ever done for me. Um, I am so, so thrilled that I did it. And I know that if you do it, you will also feel thrilled as well. I want to encourage you to please share this podcast with anyone that you feel would benefit. I, I don't even want to say business owners, just anyone you feel would benefit because I think as women, we tend to be really, really hard on ourselves and we could all use the reminder that we are enough just as we are and that we can accomplish anything and that we are deserving of prioritizing ourselves. Okay, that's it. Oh, wait, no, hold on. That's not it. That's not it. One more thing. Also, guys, I have submitted for a, a grant for this podcast because I'd like to take this podcast to the next level. I'm still workshopping exactly what that looks like, but... On the business page and on my personal profile, there is a link there that basically says, hey, write a love letter for me. Um, what that basically means is you click on the link that's there and tell them why you love my podcast. Tell them how awesome I am and that you adore me and I'm the greatest person on the whole universe and that you really, really think I should get money so that I could make this podcast even better. You can actually say whatever you want, but it's called love letters. So I assume you'll want to say nice things. So please, please, please go head over to the link in the show notes and uh, leave your review of our podcast so that we can get five grand so that we can do amazing things with this podcast, hire more people and just have a crazy great time. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you more than you know.